Once again, for another episode of The Curtain Call, a very special post-draft episode and a very special May the 4th episode as well. You will notice that I have a lot more hair than Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey's not here tonight. Jeffrey is uh, doing some family things. I think it's a uh, either a middle school or a high school band concert or choral concert that he is enjoying some family time. I love it. But you will notice that the gentleman here, Shannon White, you are used to him by now as the new co-host of The Curtain Call. Shannon, what is going on? Uh, just had a great day and looking forward to a great podcast. All right. And uh, Joey Christopoulos is with us. Uh, my gosh, you're like the Saturday Night Live five-timer. <laughs> this is your third time on either Know Your Enemy or this show. So you're you're in like Tom Hanks territory. If we're, if we're if Steve Martin, you gotta love that, buddy. Uh, Bad, my friend, so happy to be back on the pod. Is this the one then where I do a singing monologue? Is this the episode oh, where yeah. I do that? Really? Is that what we do there? Uh, no, I'm honored. I'm always honored and grateful to be back on here um, talking Steelers football. NFL draft just happened last week. Was crazy. So no, I'm super excited to be here. So Joey, of course, is with Believe. Is it Believe or Blev? I always mess that. I, I don't want to mess that up. It's Believe. It's B-L-E-A-V. So the, the spelling there is the first hurdle that you got to get over. All right. Uh, but it is about Believe. So when I host Believe in Bears, you have to, you know, it's the belief factor. I think it's what they're going for. That, that's great because we had Mark last week from Believe in Steelers. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Mark Brennan. Love Mark. Love Mark. I've been on with him and Ike. We have a great time with him. He knows this stuff. So good for you guys. So let's get it started. Now, big thing to know, Shannon, I don't know if you know this, but Joey, his his team is the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. But the reason he's on the show, he does a lot of stuff for the whole National Football League. And he is a Yinzer by proxy. Joey, can you explain that for me? Uh, I got married to the love of my life in 2018. We've been together for seven years, and she is a diehard Yinzer. You're telling me we were up till three. We were up pretty late last night watching that three OT Penn's Rangers last night. I mean, we're dialed in on this. So um, I get the opportunity to talk to many, many Steelers fans, and um, yeah, no, I mean, it's at this point now where obviously I wish for your guys' success, and I watch every single game, so there is an investment there. So maybe that gives me a little bit of background. So you would you would probably say that if you had to pick a number two team, your number two team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Number two would probably Steelers. Honestly, you know, to grow because the Bears are bad in the nineties. I love some Jerry Rice, so I did have some Forty ers love for me in the early nineties. I did have that. Maybe that's number three, and I think four thousand seven hundred fifty six is the Packers. That's pretty much my list, uh, <laughs> right there. All right, I I love that too. We'll we'll, we'll we're not going to back the pack. We're going to blast the pack. That's no problem. I'm surprised yeah. the Packers are that high. <laughs> <laughs> hey Joey, so, go Rogers Rogers owns you. <laughs> he owns all of you, and he lets okay. you know it. <laughs> ben never did that, but Rogers is like, yeah. I own you. 
All right, let's yeah, be kind to our guest. It's true, though. No, 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 no. Shannon, Shannon, you're a thousand percent right. And, you know, sometimes, you know, what can you do when a franchise just lucks into Hall of Fame quarterback play for 35 years? And uh, we were talking on the pre-show a little bit about uh, May the Fourth Be With You. I always nicknamed him Dark Lord Rogers because he is a sick. He's kind of a sick at this point. It doesn't make yep, any sense. Yep. And he shreds us in ways like, – First drop, touchdown. Mark it down. We know it every single time. Yeah. So, no, I mean, we, we're glad he's in the division. I want to I beat him. I want to kick him out yes. the door. Yeah, he's that's... not leaving on his own. He's not leaving on his own. We're taking him well. Away. Well, the Steelers just, I mean, the Steelers are scared to death. The fans are scared to death that Baker Mayfield will leave the division. They don't want <laughs> Baker Mayfield out of the division. Now, Brady, you know, being on the Browns, anybody in Ohio, actually, and then Rodgers owns the Bears, but Nobody owned anybody like Tom Brady owned the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, it was a nightmare. Every time I just like, oh, no. So I was so happy to see him go to Tampa. Just get him out of the AFC. And we're going to see him in Heinz Field this year. But, yeah. you know, you know, funny thing, but not a lot of people know this. Tom Brady's been dead since 2007. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's animatronic <laughs> now. He's just like, uh, who was that? Haley Joel Osment? In AI, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. artificial <laughs> intelligence at this point. Yeah. It's an astronaut's wife situation, really. I mean, like, he's different, but he's the same, is yeah, it? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, even his picture, he's looking crazier by the day. Him and Tom Cruise are just, like, looking kind of like each other, but, like, it's some sort of synthetic thing going on. I'm not sure. He stayed home for a month, and then he's like, no, I'm going back to the NFL. I'd rather get hit than be home with the wife. So I'm going back. Oh gosh! I, I tell you what, let's get into the draft and what was going on in your house when Kenny Pickett, not Malik Willis, became a Pittsburgh Steeler. And so I'm going to reference your wife a lot here. What was what were her hopes before the draft for the Steelers? Because obviously she's a fan of the preview. She's a huge fan of the Stat Geek, from what I understand. You know, so she knows her stuff. She should host the show, actually. We'll, we'll drag her in here sooner or later. No, no, she watches every show and probably thanks to you guys too as well that she's so up to date and inundated with all the minutia and all the other details. I will tell you that weeks leading up to the draft, herself, her her parents, her brother, every friend, everyone out there wanted Kenny Pickett. It was Kenny Pickett all the way. Now, you know, Brian, you were on my pod earlier and I a couple weeks before the draft and we were talking and I was trying to ask you about Malik Willis a little bit, a guy that was sort of sitting there and a guy that throughout the combine, let's be honest, uh, elevated his stature a little bit in a lot of different ways. Like one, through the personality, you could see him throwing that 70-yard bomb and racing it down the field. There was an excitement factor. He obviously brought a dimension with his legs. And then, you know, Kenny Pickett's got that high floor, right? What, what a backhanded slap that is, the high floor. <laughs> and look, I think either way, Let's do like a – the fun part is uh, this is a previously on. Like previously on Lost. <laughs> previously on, the last time I was on this show, I was on because of Mitch Trubisky. And you guys were asking for my insight and perspective. And my take on that the whole time was I think it was a great move for the Steelers. Maybe not necessarily because Mitch Trubisky the player, but because of what it allowed you guys to do flexibility-wise. And we're seeing that play itself out right in this very moment. In the offseason, the Steelers could have, right – Traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. What would that have cost? A second, third round pick, something along those lines. So let's play a sliding doors here, right? Let's say they did do that. One, you're not getting George Pickens. 
two, you're not getting the defensive end maybe in the third round, one or the other. And what are you doing at 20? There was a run on wide receivers by 15. Some of the top guys were already gone. So, and Mitch was cost controlled. You can get out of it quickly, and now you can maybe play with a rookie contract like Pickett moving forward into next year. So this worked out perfectly for you guys, honestly, truly. And Mitch Trubisky, I think, is the right player to step in and give you maybe that month or two that Pickett might need. We'll get into it a little bit later, but as a Bears fan, I have maybe some top five steps that Steelers fans will have to go through to maybe have themselves resist the urge to want Kenny Pickett go into a third quarter of week two if Mitch Trubisky throws an interception, right? I think you want to bring the kid along slowly. And I'm interested to hear what you guys think now that he's in the house. So what is the leash for Trubisky moving forward? I just think this is a great move all around. And then, of course, you guys get Pickens in the second round at 54. So if you look at it like that from what they could have done the offseason, they made a move. They stayed disciplined. They got the guy they wanted at 20. It's a win for you guys. It's a huge win. What do you, I mean, are you excited, Brian? Are you, are you into it? Are you excited about going for 20? Yeah, so let me first say this, and I'm going to have Shannon elaborate on his thoughts on Pickett in a second. Can you go back and and can you just completely destroy when I was on your show? Because I may have called Kenny Pickett fool's gold on that show just because I was worried about a few things, maybe 2021 being just uh, an aberration, not loving this class, thinking that they needed to take care of some other things. But the more that I see, the more I see the passion of this guy, the more that I I find out that the man is pro-ready more than anybody else, I'm yeah. getting really excited about Kenny Pickett here. But I can't be a hypocrite. I, I was the same guy that 2014 was incensed that the Steelers took Ryan Chazier. Didn't know enough. I didn't think they needed a linebacker at the time. It wasn't anything against Ryan Chazier. Man, I ch- I changed my mind quickly on that. The Steelers are looking at things a little different than a lot of teams. I think that they want to build a complete team, and they are more concerned with that high floor because they realize that a lot of times a franchise guy to me is a guy who can win in the big game. If you could take your team, get into the Super Bowl, win it, I consider you a franchise guy. You can put up all the numbers you want, but if you can't win a Super Bowl, I don't call you a franchise guy. That's just my definition. So I was looking back, and if you look at Herbert, Mahomes, and Allen, three the three best young quarterbacks in the league, there was question marks about all three of them. There was none of them that was universal, and everybody said, you, you know, this is the guy. He's a can't miss. They said that, you know, Herbert was California guy. He was too laid back. He he wasn't you know volatile and emotional enough. He couldn't. He wasn't a good leader. Mahomes decision making threw a ton of picks at Texas Tech. You know, always went for the big play. And they said he wasn't disciplined enough. And then Josh Allen, he was not accurate enough. Played Wyoming in a smaller school. You know, against lesser competition. So nobody knows. There is no hundred percent. It's it's all projection and. Pickett has that higher floor. So the Steelers believe there's two or three plays in every game, no different than the Super Bowl. If you make the throw and you can hit that throw, you're a franchise guy. Being it was never considered a top five quarterback, really, I did, but I'm talking about by the national media. But he won two Super Bowls, and if you don't think he's a franchise quarterback, you don't know what one is. But because he made the plays, 
in the Super Bowl to Holmes. You know, he won that. He made a play that very few guys could make. He got a team there with no offensive line, that 2018, and they won the Super Bowl because of how tough, physical a player he was. He's unique. Pickens, all he has to do is be special when it matters the most. Mm. You know, be good enough, get him there, and he'd make the plays. Jimmy Garoppolo got the 49ers there. You know, he he kind of rode the wave because they had such a great team. But he got to that Super Bowl. He had a chance to win it late in the fourth quarter. Sanders breaks deep. He's wide open. Put the ball in the money like Bradshaw did to Stallworth back in the day. He catches that ball. He's in. And, you know, I call that a franchise guy. He's worth the money. He missed the throw. A lot of guys can get you there, but then they miss the throw. Or Neil O'Donnell throws it right to the other team twice. Well, we, we won't go there. But what I'm saying is, is I think that Pickett was a good choice. I think he's he's perfect for the culture. He understands what he's coming into. They knew him better than anybody else that they could have possibly took in the draft. So I'm pro Kenny Pickett. There's a lot of revisionist history when it comes to Pittsburgh Steelers fans and mm. how they felt on the day of the draft. It's like the people that went to Woodstock. You know, there was only 100,000 people at Max Yasker's farm back in 1969. It rained but- in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> See it up in the afternoon. <laughs> but in the 80s and 90s, there was like over 3 million people that went to that concert. So yeah. if you look back, go back to 2017, there were people incensed when TJ Watt was drafted by the Steelers. No one will say that now, but they were incensed. I just told you how upset I was about the Shazier thing. So, you know, all I'm saying is that Let's give it time. I just like the fact that he's more ready than Malik Willis and any of those other guys. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the this is a lot of a national media thing, and it just came up in the live chat. What about small hands? What are your thoughts on small hands? Because in my mind, small hands make the sandwich look bigger, my friend. My that's a great point. Uh, my first my first thought was I never in my life thought we would be having someone come out and do a PR redirect. Did you see the thing where it's like, but his thumb, it's not the small hands. The, the extension of his thumb allows it to wrap around the football. And you go, okay, all right. And um, now look, I mean, I think it's something that you have to uh, keep an eye on, right? He hasn't fumbled in the NFL yet, so everyone just, you know, hold hold the full beer cans before you toss them onto the field, right? But mm-hmm. we've seen this from a couple of different guys. I know that we personally as Bears fans love playing Jared Goff because of his tiny hands, and he is a guy that fumbles 12 to 14 times a year. And I think there's a really easy way to figure it out, is obviously, as he moves throughout his career. We're just going to have to take note of it. If he becomes a guy that is a fumbler, we can make more of it. But if he doesn't, you know, who cares? It's a big, huge, huge like, who cares? And, and Brian, you know, to your point uh, previously really quick, I think, like, with the NFL draft in general, too, as well, I mean, of course, we're all going to have opinions and perspectives on these guys that tr- get drafted and the guys that we don't draft for our favorite team. But let's just kind of remove Kenny Pickett, the player, from the Steelers situation right now, and which is why I like it so much. I know it's been a while for you guys. But there is this thing called a rookie contract uh, in the NFL for a, for a quarterback. And look, you've been paying Ben, what, 38, 40, depending on what restructure you do per year for the last five, six, seven years. 
And look, he's earned that money. He deserves it, every single penny. But now the Steelers are in a position where they have the flexibility, as Shannon was mentioning, building a complete team of really spending some buku dollars on, let's just say, offensive linemen of your choice. I noticed they didn't pick up Devin Bush's fifth-year option. Is he on the way out? We'll see what happens with someone that could obviously be opposite of T.J. Watt, defensive end and or offensive line. You can mix and match for a couple of years while you see what you have with Kenny Pickett. And Shannon, man, I love the point that you brought up where I personally, you know, we make so much about the quarterback. Is he a top five quarterback? Personally, I love Big Ben and he's got two Super Bowls. I don't think I would ever have put him in a top five mm-hmm. among quarterbacks in, in a particular year. I mean, yeah, he put up some great stats, but other you know quarterbacks did too as well. I don't think that's what the Steelers organization needs. I don't think you need a top five quarterback. I think you need a guy who's maybe top 10, top 12. And as you said, makes the plays. This goes back to, and Brian, the one thing that we will not burn from our previous podcast is regardless is this is Najee Harris's offense, guys, Mm -hmm. right? This is all going to go through Najee Harris and his success will predicate whether Trubisky has success or whether Pickett has success. Now, of course, you, you kind of refill in your wide receiver room a little bit with Pickens and Calvin Austin, another wide receiver that I like a whole lot. And honestly, a guy, a type of player that I don't think the Steelers have had in quite some time. I just like the spot that you guys are in. Remove whether Pickett's going to be good or bad or who knows? We'll see. You know what I mean? Like, he could be the Ryan Shazier or he could be the Mitch Trubisky. We don't know. But what's interesting about it is it gives you guys flexibility. You can get out of it if you want to. And you have money to spend in other areas of the team. And I think that's something that's really positive for this next era, this post-Big Ben era in Pittsburgh. Actually, I think that is great. That's a great place to transition. But I do have to bring this up. I agree with you completely about Harris. He is the guy. And you talked about that when Mitch came on board, where where Mitch was a good signing because of Najee Harris. But I've got to say, I've got to correct you a little bit because I got yelled at by one Hmm. Najee Harris. A couple weeks ago, live. I'll, se- I'll, I'll send you the video. He's yeah. I, uh, at an autograph <laughs> signing. Now, good natured guy. He was, you could tell. You saw him at the draft in the fourth round pick. Oh, awesome Fun dude. guy. Yeah. But what happened is we have had this debate, especially on the preview with Jeff Hartman, wanted to call him Najee Jerome. And we know Jerome's not his middle name, but you cannot find the man's middle name anywhere. So I went up to him. My nephew was getting his autograph. I went up to him and I said, um, I got to ask you, what's your middle name? And he goes, well, you tell me, what's my name? And I said, well, I think it's spelled M-Z-E. No, 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 no. What's my first name? And I said, what do you mean? What's my first name? I said, it's Najee. He goes, good job. All right. Then he went into the whole middle name. He is so... He's so particular about Najee. So that's why I, I got to throw it in. My last, name, look, my last name is Christopolis, guys. I have complete respect for that. <laughs> and when I pronounce something wrong, I completely appreciate the correction because it's no problem. My entire life, I've been spelling Christopolis my whole life. So, no, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm half not our network's learning and getting better. Half our next network still calls him Najee, but he's but his exact words, and you'll love it. Is well, I, I can't tell you his exact words, but I've got to edit one out. But I'll let you decide which one it is. He's like, You the ones messing up my name? 
you're the ones messing up my name. I'm like, no, it's not. Because I told him I was with BTSC. I'm like, we're not messing up your name. I swear. I actually was like a little kid. I'm like, no, I, I know. Uh, I'm, I not, I'm, not even going to, I'm not even going to attempt to say the second quarterback's name that you guys took in this draft, his last name. I'm not even going to touch it. I'm going to let you guys do well, it. I, I tell you what. Well, then go back on where you find and download your favorite podcasts and Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar had Chris Oludukan on the show today on the network. So we had oh, an exclusive awesome. interview with, am I correct, Shannon? Chris Oludukan? Oludukun? Oludukan. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, Oludukan. Yeah, so <laughs> there, there you go. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about Chris as well. But yeah, that just premiered about four hours ago on this very network. So... In the live chat and everybody in BTSC land out there, make sure you check that out. Fantastic interview. And as the podcast producer, I didn't get him. Andrew and Jeremy pulled him out of the hat, which I'm like, man, you guys are great. Fantastic for doing that. So they will have a, a feature interview with him. So check that out. Very good interview, too. It's a it's a 17-minute interview, and the guy's just grateful to be here. But let's talk about another guy. Very interesting. It's your draft crush. He went 54th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Joey, this broke Shannon White's heart because it was not Sky Moore. Shannon, Ooh. I'll let you jump in. Yeah, Shannon, go first. Everybody knows, and everybody knew going in how bad I wanted him. And it kept getting closer and closer, and I'm like, he's still there. He's still there. So when it hit, I said, nope. And ain't going to happen. It's going to be Creed Humphrey all over again because they broke my heart the year before because they didn't take Creed Humphrey, who I thought <laughs> was be the perfect stiller at a position of need. Sky Moore, I thought, was even better fit. And then they already got Pickett. So I said, oh, there's your quarterback receiver for the, you know, the next 10 years. I was just so excited. But, you know, I was very disappointed. Not that I don't like George Pickens. It just he wasn't Sky Moore. But – Afterwards, I had to immediately come on and do a roundtable, even though I was disappointed. And then I had to write a grading in the pick article. And everybody's like, well, you was really fair and accurate with Pickens. Um, I was shocked because we know you wanted Sky Moore. I'm like, well, it ain't Pickens' fault. I mean, I have to be honest about it. You know, he's a heck of a player. And But, but as far as me personally, I was very hurt, but I've gotten past it. And now I'm just excited to have Pickens. Uh, the guy, if he hadn't hurt, got hurt, I mean, for all probability, he would have been a first-round draft pick. Maybe early first round. The guy, you know, he's a stud. He's got everything. Where I missed is I didn't realize just – I watched just last year. And I didn't go back before I did the grade and the pick. I didn't go back to the year prior. When he's healthy, which he never was last year, great footwork runs, great routes, crisp, mm -hmm. Great balance. He and then he's got that separation at the end on them deep balls. Not only does he track it, but he gets separation in final two or three strides, even if the guy's got pretty good coverage up to that point. So if he gets all the way back healthy, he ran a four four seven at the combine. He's not a hundred percent, along with the other exposed explosive metrics they graded. He had all great numbers. So I'm really excited to see what he can do fully healthy in the offense with Pickett or Trubisky. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it, even though he's not Sky Moore. 
Joey, why were you crushing on this guy? And and I love the pick. In fact, I kind of knew that they were going to pick him when it came to wide receiver because when they were at the Georgia Pro Day, Mike Tomlin was there, mm -hmm. Kevin Colbert was there, and you have all these defensive linemen, all these guys. Georgia had so many, so many Bulldogs there. <laughs> I expected Bulldog from the show Frazier to be drafted this year <laughs> because anybody with a Georgia Bulldog, they were, they were going after it. Uga 36 or whatever Bulldog they're on, I'm sure if he would have went to the Combine, he would have <laughs> probably been picked. But Small so, pals. But small they pause. small pause, yeah. <laughs> they give it away sometimes, and they were spending a lot of attention, giving a lot of attention to George Pickens. So, why did you love this guy so much? Well, as you know, as a Bears fan, we've been clamoring for wide receivers forever. So it's just something that I get myself into every single year, trying to figure out which wide receiver I love. And a quick short story to my wife's delight and also the Steelers' delight is I have a serious problem in my life with my favorite guys in the draft getting picked by the Steelers. Um, this goes all the way back to when the Bears, I think, were looking at wide receiver. And I think they traded up for Anthony Miller, and it was Juju Smith-Schuster the one year. He was my favorite guy in the draft that year. My favorite guy in the draft a couple of years ago. Now, look, you know, we can talk about him and how he's progressed since this time, but my favorite guy in the draft a couple of years ago was Chase Claypool. I just thought, holy cow, this is a tight end that runs like a wide receiver. I mean, this thing is, this thing is exciting, and I'm always looking for a guy. My favorite guy isn't the best guy. It's just a guy I think no one is really talking about that I think can really excel and have success in the NFL, and that's where I come to George Pickens. Now, look, we've got the tall guys that run nine routes like Christian Watson. We've got the shorter guys that are in the slot. That, and, look, I love Sky Moore and some of these other guys that went, you know, the James Williams, the Jahan Dawson, all those type of guys. But George Pickens, to me, is that big-body, classic, physical receiver that I think every team would love to have. Oh, I know a lot of people are comping him to AJ Green. My comp for him is Des Bryant. And here's what oh. I will say is that, I mean, look, a guy that can, just you mentioned, Shannon, get that separation down the field and catch the ball down there. But I think he's also a guy that with a little like maturation, he's going to be able to muscle and get that third and eight first down for you. And look, when Mitch Trubisky had his most success, he was throwing the ball to Allen Robinson all the live long day. I mean, Trubisky's stats don't look great. Allen Robinson has 100 receptions. 1200 yards you know what i mean it was literally he was that focus was right there and now i think with the room of deontay johnson chase claypool and george pickens it's a nice balance it's an interesting mix and i'm kind of curious to see whether trubisky who he locks on we talked about that earlier who does he lock on and build chemistry with it could be a guy like pickens who can also kind of work the numbers a little bit pick up some big receptions that you need and also maybe take the top off every once in a while i'm just right there with you shannon i mean i just saw him catch passes turn, stick, kind of maybe give a guy a little half-step arm and then, you know, dive into the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, I think the guy in the red zone is going to be a dude that's going to be successful. And the Bears, at 39, well, I don't know. We have a quarterback named Justin Fields. Maybe we need a little bit of help. We go cornerback. Okay, okay, we got a lot of holes to fill. No big deal. We had two second-round picks, and at 48, Pickens and Skymore are still there. We go with Jaquan Brisker, the safety. And look, everything that I read about him is awesome. He looks like a great player. Penn State guy, zero penalties last year, physical safety. Maybe we have our safety for years to come. But again, George Pickens just sitting there at 48 when I didn't even think he was going to be there at 39. He goes to 54 at the Steelers. I just think it's a huge win. Um, you know, red flags and all that stuff about him interviewing poorly or all the off-the-field stuff. He's going to the perfect organization, right? 
because Mike Tomlin isn't going to stand for that for one second. And somehow, some way, he got Antonio Brown through seven Hall of Fame seasons before he lost his mind. No offense, yeah. AB, but I mean, the Steelers, I mean, look what happened once he left. Look what happened after Le'Veon Bell left. You know what I mean? It's, there's an organizational thing there, and I think Pickens landed in the perfect spot. Was that the greatest draft party you've ever seen? The George Pickens draft party? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> somebody on Twitter. One of the ride or die crews oh, Let's Ride. <laughs> they yeah. uh, they went ahead and cut that and put the Steelers preview, the three of us, the StreamYard uh, picture in the background. So it has George Pickens watching us. So it's a, and he sent it out to us. So I thought, all right, that was awesome. But George Pickens right now is one of my favorite characters on the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't even done anything yet. You know, we've talked before. I don't want to have to motivate a player. If I'm a coach, I don't want to go out there and say, you know, I want you got to get more physical. You got to get more emotional out there. You got to play. You got to play harder. You know, there's nothing wrong with being fiery and being emotional, but it's got to be controlled. It's got to be a slow burn. This guy, if he can keep that under control, because he is fiery and he is quirky as heck. I, you know, I just love to watch him um, in interviews. Uh, in, on the on the field, not not so much the fighting, but I'd rather have a guy that's willing to fight than a, the guy that just is so passive you can't get anything out of him. You know, you look at Hines Ward, that, the guy clean your clock, knock you out, and walk off the field smiling like a Chester cat. I think Pickens has got a little bit of that dog in him, just like Ward did. And hey, I welcome that. If, if he can bring that into the Steelers receiving core. But, could, you know, not get himself in trouble, get kicked out of games, especially off the field stuff, which we don't we don't have no reason to believe that's going to be an issue yet. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I like that fiery attitude and playing style. No, I absolutely love it. And look, like, uh, no, you're, you're totally right. I mean, I guess, like, the thing is uh, you just worry about him on the sidelines if he doesn't get the ball in the second quarter, maybe blowing up or something like that. I think you guys got veterans on this squad that can probably tamp that down. And I think just to add on to this all, too, I think this is the right push for Claypool, right? Mm-hmm. This is just, I think this is the right little nudge. I don't think the second half of the season went the way that he wanted to or Mike Tomlin wanted to. Uh, you know, practice music aside, whatever. Um, but I think Claypool is the guy that. I think he's got a lot of potential, but there has been some stagnation, and I think in his in his maturity on the field in terms of route running, and you know, didn't really obviously his sophomore season we can call it a sophomore slump. I think it's the right kind of push though to have him come out and try and have his best year possible too as well. So I think that's a win win for the Steelers. And I got to tell you, I'm not worried about Chase Claypool at all. You know, there's some thing that Minnesota game. Yeah, of course that's stuck in my craw. I was a little upset about the Minnesota game at the end focus mm-hmm. but i also remember plexigo burris as a, as a rookie spiking <laughs> the football in the middle of the field after he was untouched mm-hmm. and and <laughs> not realizing that that's a turnover there buddy you can't you, you can't do that so i mean we've you know all organizations deal with that but when you say that he's in the right place with mike tomlin and the culture yeah he definitely is so bringing in a guy like pickens joey that's a big deal, but Shannon wanted a guy like Sky Moore. I'm going to go ahead and skip ahead of the number three pick, and I'm going to go straight to number four, 
because we're still talking wide receiver. And we got to bring up Calvin Austin the third. Great name, by the way. CA3, Calvin Austin the <laughs> third. I absolutely love it. And this guy, man, he is the opposite of George Pickens. But they're both fast. But you've got Darren Sproles out there. Now, a lot of people in Pittsburgh are worried because they see a little guy, they automatically think Dre Archer. But a guy like Darren Sproles lasted a long time <laughs> in the league. So I don't kind of worry about that. But you've you've covered all angles when you bring in the big guy and you bring in the little guy. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I'm assuming this is just going to replace James Washington. This is kind of like taking his spot more or less. Regardless, I, I think it's really interesting. I think, one, I'm pretty sure he has punt returning experience. So I'm curious to see what he's like on special teams. I don't think you guys have had that element in quite some time. And and you're right. I mean, I think third down back, a guy that you can run in, you know, motion a little bit and maybe kind of do some tricks to kind of maybe get Deontay in some one-on-one coverage at times, I think is a really smart move. Let's just stick up, because this is what I know. With Trubisky right now, I think a guy like Calvin Austin III can actually really help Trubisky early on and maybe make a bigger impact than Steelers fans might be expecting right now. If you go back to 2018, when Trubisky had his best season, I mean, Tariq Cohen had over 1,300 all-purpose yards. And we played him all over the field. It wasn't just in the backfield. I mean, it was on slip screens. It was on little wheel routes. So maybe you're running Claypool and Pickens on this one, clear it out with a wheel route to Calvin Austin. I think there's a lot of different things you can do. And, yeah, it just adds another dimension. I just really like what the Steelers are doing, too, where they're just trying to build something that maybe isn't as quarterback focus is the last couple of years have been because Ben runs the show, right? And now maybe they're bringing in these different elements. I think you're going to see some interesting new formations and play calls that maybe Steelers fans have seen in quite some time. And again, I, we haven't even brought it up yet either. All this is great news for Pat Fryermuth, right? The guy that works in the middle of the field. Because now you got Calvin Austin going like this and that. Maybe you got Claypool and Pickens going like this and that. And you got Deontay crossing like this. Fryermuth in the middle right there doing some work. So I think it was a good pickup by Steelers uh, getting Austin. Yeah, that helps him come a lot closer to being a Travis Kelsey with those weapons around him. Really mm-hmm. does. I mean, Travis Kelsey's Absolutely. amazing and great. I think he's the he is the best tight end in the league right now. But well, can I just throw it? Can I throw it at you guys real quick? I mean, I feel like Fryer moves in for a huge season, no matter who's at quarterback. I you agree. guys feel the same way. I mean, just mm-hmm. what he showed last year in the red zone. And I think he's got that athleticism that sometimes tight ends, they are a little bit stiffer than you think once they get on the field. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? I think Fryer moves in for a big one. I'm just going to say absolutely and throw it over to Shannon. Totally agree. He, you've been looking at him with in some of the recent pictures. He actually looks slimmer to me. Now, I think he's always been a little bit smaller for a tight end, but he's a great move tight end who can block. But I'm expecting him, especially with they're going to be, the offense is going to be totally different. You know, you said an offense like a lot of the fans haven't seen in a couple of years. I'm going to say ever. Because Canada's offense is going to have elements to it that no Steeler offense coordinator has ever tried to implement. And we always say Canada's offense likes to have that weapon, that that he can move around, you know, jack-of-all-trades kind of guy, Swiss Army knife, you know, an offense weapon. That's what Austin can be. Because with his speed, you're going to see him in a slot, like you said, on reverses, sweeps. 
I even think you'll see him in the backfield on occasion just to try to get him matched up with the linebacker or safety that way. And, you know, he can chip. There's, there's one video of him chipping and then getting out. And, I mean, nobody's going to run with him. You know, it'll take a, one of the top quarterbacks to run with him. So I think that this offense is going to be totally different. You Don't even worry about last year because this is it's not going to be similar at all. But, uh, yeah, I think Fryermuth could be the biggest beneficiary of it. All right, so we talked about those three guys on offense. There were two other players on offense taken. One, a legacy, Connor Hayward, and another quarterback, Chris Oladukun. And if you want to hear more about NFL teams taking two quarterbacks in one draft, the last time I really remember it was the Washington franchise has done it a couple times in the last 20 years because you had Gus Farratt, and uh, Heath Schuller, and then you had RG3 and Kirk Cousins. So Dave Schofield is going to talk about the NFL and picking two quarterbacks tomorrow on the Steelers Stat Geek, so make sure you check that out. So Connor Hayward went, Chris Oladukun went, and then on the defensive side, the linebacker Mark Robinson, and we cannot forget good old DeMarvin Leal. <laughs> and I this reminds me of Pulp Fiction because – Oh, my gosh. Just shot the Robin in the face and lay all lay out with cheese. You can go Paul <laughs> yeah. fiction places. Who sticks out to you there? Yeah. Oh, me. Oh, uh, yeah. what, what sticks out of there? Uh, I mean, from obviously, uh, Leal Sassoon, uh, definitely sticks out to me <laughs> because I think you guys have been, I mean, uh, ever since, uh, ever since Bud Dupree left, I mean, you've had some guys kind of fill in that have actually played really well, but you want to add depth on that defensive line. Um, clearly, I think the metrics, I think the speed uh, really stuck out to the Steelers. I think that's why they probably made a move on him. And you know, look, Steelers in defensive line, it goes a little hand-in-hand. They also talked about moving him uh, maybe on the inside, too, as well, and working with Hayward alongside him. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that's a cool move. Uh, the quarterback, I mean, the outsider says the quarterback's interesting. Um, I immediately like had this flashing moment of like a door swings open into a, a dark, dank bar. And Mason Rudolph saddles up to the bar stool, and who turns around? It's Landry Jones drawing a glass, and he's like, "Tough gay," and he's like, "Oh, you know it." And they're like, "Because <laughs> they start like you know, just being like, "Oh, what happened?" I just, um, but uh, but look, you know, it's coming around. You know, you're taking flyers, right? I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure that got Mason's attention, right? Just a little bit. I'm not saying that the kid's gonna beat him out. But now you got four quarterbacks on the roster. Uh, maybe there's a fifth one that, honestly, I don't know about, so forgive me. Uh, but, no, it was the quarterback that stuck out to me. Steelers taking defense. I mean, that's for me, I just trust it. I just go, well, <laughs> that makes sense. So, the, the big one for me was taking that, that that quarterback in the seventh round. I thought that was interesting. And a lot of people in Pittsburgh are excited, Shannon White, about Connor Hayward. Not because he's a legacy for the fact that – you know, they have, uh, they can move him around, Shannon. What were your thoughts when Connor Hayward became a Pittsburgh Steelers, my man? Contending teams have guys like Connor Hayward. They have team first guys. They have guys that are willing to do the dirty work. And, you know, I understand he's Cam's little brother, but they did not pick Connor Hayward to make Cam happy. They picked him because he can do so many things on special teams. He's a great blocker. Like I said Monday on our podcast, if you look at Walker, and I can't remember where Walker went, but 
on his highlight reels, all these long runs and touchdown runs he got, he had for Michigan State last year. On about all of them touchdown runs, Hayward throws a block to spring him. And he, you know, he's he's got beautiful form. He's an outstanding blocker. Whether it's going to be on the you know as a uh, inline tight end or as a fullback, whichever way they want to use him, he can get you short yardage. You know, if you're third and one or fourth and go, he's mm-hmm. proven it at Michigan State. He's hard headed, just like his daddy, just like his brother, and he has value. And in a six round pick, that's what you want is value. You got a guy who can help fill in three areas on the depth chart. He he is a talented young man. Even though he doesn't look it, he looks more lumpy like one of us, but the kid can play, and he has value. So it was not, a, I don't think, a legacy selection. I think it was a smart selection, uh, the kind of guy that you want to have on a young contending team. Joey, uh, you know. Wait, real quick, that being, that being said, how many sets of brothers do you guys have now? Four now. Four. <laughs> but, but not for long because, you know, Three of those guys are fullbacks. <laughs> so you've got Derek Watt, you've got Trey Edmonds, and now you've got uh, Connor Hayward. So I expect the uh, I expect the uh, odd man out to be Trey Edmonds. I don't expect it to be Derek Watt. A lot of people do. Um, but that was my question to you, Joey. You know, a lot of people in Pittsburgh are with the fact that they have not used the fullback a lot lately. We're not loving this pick, but do you kind of foresee what Shannon just said about them using him as a Swiss Army knife? I mean, uh, what, what what the light bulb that went off in my head, and the reason why I don't understand we don't uh, offenses don't deploy more often is you mentioned that third and one, mm-hmm. that third and one, just just put your nose in it and just pick up that first down, man. I mean, they need. I think a lot of offenses can use that. I mean, we see the we talk all the time about how. Brilliant Kyle Shanahan is in his offense, and he uses fullbacks in his offensive scheme. So, I mean, I, I think that's a really interesting move. And clearly, I, I'm curious to see because now the Bears are in this situation too as well where a lot of NFL street free agents still, a lot of guys still out there that don't have any contracts, a lot of offensive linemen too as well. So maybe after I'm, you know, rep, I'll say this and then you guys can hop in. I mean, are you guys happy with where your offensive line is right now? Do you think the Steelers? get involved and maybe pick up another guy. I saw Trey Turner, who they didn't bring back time with Washington, but maybe also taking a guy like a Connor Hayward also kind of maybe, you know, gives us a little bit of a clue in terms of how they want to get that running game going. And also maybe kind of curious about, you know, maybe Hayward brings a little more athleticism because I've talked in the past about how Trubisky, you know, when he's successful, you're rolling him out and you're giving him that half field and you're giving him that one, two option and boom, boom, boom. So if you maybe do have a fullback that's kind of pulling with him, maybe helping out with a little chip on the edge, maybe that's something else that the Steelers are thinking about a little bit. I mean, I guess my question would be, I love the idea of a fullback. It does kind of ask me, are the Steelers supremely confident in what their offensive line mix is right now? And do they possibly continue to add on to that before training camp starts? Well, in free agency, the Steelers brought in Mason Cole on the first day. And another guy that you might be familiar with in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, he's good. He's really good. So, and I think with that, they still believe in Kendrick Green. They're they're not pulling the plug on that Mm -hmm. right away, but they have a lot of guys that could play center. 
like Daniels in a pinch, like Mason Cole, who could be a guard and a center. You have so many things now that you didn't have last year. So I, and of course you have some, uh, they brought in a few undrafted free agents as well. The kid from North Carolina is one of them, you know, so there's, there's a possibility that something could be happen. Sure. Yeah. You would have loved to have seen them address the offensive line position, but you don't want to see him address that position in the sixth or seventh round, because yeah. if you're going to address it in the sixth or seventh round, you're going to bring an undrafted free agent. That's ex exactly what they did at that point. So that I'm happy with the draft. I'm fine with the offensive line. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to just go after me for saying that, but this is a much improved offensive line. Yeah, I, I, just real quick, the biggest myth, because I talk to a lot of people, a lot of people that are not just fans, but analysts around the NFL, my only message is, I don't think there is four or five teams, I think there's 25, 26 teams that are not happy with their offensive line. I mean, honestly, uh -huh. it's across the board. The Bears, we, we do it just as bad. We need offensive line help. I mean, there's a four or five units that I think maybe are a little set or forget it right now, but I think across the NFL, Steelers fans, Everyone always wants their offensive line to be just a little bit better. So I understand that. Shannon, do you agree if the Steelers did not address that position, the line in free agency, then we'd be having a completely different conversation? Hmm. Definitely. The interior offensive line with Daniels and Cole, uh, what does it kill you makes you stronger? Well, if that's the case, Green is going to be the incredible hawk this year because he took his lumps last year. And I think he learned from that. So I expect a, a big step forward. Hassenauer looked like he didn't even belong in the NFL in 2020. I thought this kid is never going to make it. Once Green, you know, failed, that experiment's failed. Hassenauer did a, a pretty decent job. He showed that he can be an NFL quality backup. So they have four guys now that are basically kind of interchangeable on that interior. Now the tackle positions. They're holding status quo. They're bringing back last year's duo. And nobody really wanted to see that. Moore has a lot of potential, and he did a really good job because he was thrown into the fire too. But Okorfor has never lived up to what we all believed he could be. But when you realize he's still 24 years old, he's like Daniels. These guys have got four years under their belt, but they're still kids in a lot of ways. And it's worth that investment to see if he can take that next step. If the interior line improves, will that help the tackles? I've got an article getting ready to post about this very thing. The the glaring hole for the Steelers offensive line right now, swing tackle. And I don't know if John Legue, you know, because he uh, was a guard and a tackle in college, and he played pretty decent last year for the Steelers at guard. Could he possibly be your backup swing tackle? Because all the free agents that's out there are all older guys. They're long in the tooth. They've, they're past their expiration date. You might get one and get lucky for a year and try to re, you know, visit it next offseason in the draft. But I think that's where they, they still need is a swing tackle. You know, with that being said, this is a much better offensive line than when mm. Shannon previously mentioned the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. That one was was dreadful. 
mm-hmm. and they still won a ring. So this is a much better line. And one player that Shannon did not mention in there that the Steelers are really going to rely on Joey is Kevin Dotson going into his third mm-hmm. year, had some injury issues last year as well. I think he comes in with a chip on his shoulder as well. So I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty good about it. Steelers Pittsburgh mentions they still have Joe Haig. I was thinking that myself. So yeah, this line mm-hmm. is not going to be in as bad a shape as a lot of people think it, it will be, but maybe they can go ahead and uh, bring somebody else in as well. Let me ask you this, your opinion of this draft. I'm not going to ask you to grade it of the 32 teams in this league. Is this a top 25, a top half? Uh, well, for the Steelers, I mean, well, let's see. Obviously, everyone's just talking and talking and talking about how great the Jets did and how great you know, the Lions did and this, that, or the other. So, yeah, good for them. They had a ton of picks uh, because they suck. So, uh, you know, good for them on that front. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, just, it's kind of is what it is. Um, I, I, I have to put them at least, you know, without maybe looking at the list in front of me, I have to put them at least, like, in the top ten, right? I mean, when you walk away with what could be, a franchise quarterback, you walk away with what could be uh, a, a wide receiver one. You walk away with could be a rotational defensive end. And then, you know, some other pieces that you like um, that are going to help you win. You know, Calvin Austin, right, is a guy that we've already mentioned. So I, I put him also in the top 10 because, you know, to be honest with you, all the trades was really fun, right? Seeing all the trades, Jack Knight was super fun. So let's be real, like, I mean, are we tra- who's trading Hollywood Brown for the 23rd pick in the NFL draft? I mean, who, oh, who's doing man. that, you guys? I mean, so I, I think everyone wants to pat each other on the back for, you know, the Minnesota Vikings trading with the Detroit Lions and then the Minnesota Vikings trading with the Green Bay Packers. Well, There's nothing sacred anymore. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I just think of all that movement, I think I have more pause on that personally. You know, I, you know, the Lions can say that they love Jamison Williams all day long, but they gave up 32 and 34. You know, they could have had Christian Watson and they could have had someone else that really would have helped their team. And don't tell me that the Lions are one piece away from being a contending team, right? So I can easily counter that, right? I can easily mm-hmm. counter that process. So I think the Steelers, as normal, stayed pat. The board fell to them, which is also why I have to put it in the top 10, right? Because let's be honest, six through nine, starting at Carolina through Seattle, you know, it was when I was holding my wife's hand and being like, honey, just be ready, right? Because Malik could go there. And if Malik goes somewhere there, or Kenny, oh, I think Kenny was uh, rumored to Carolina for a half second or two. If one of those guys goes there, there's a good chance the other guy goes seven or eight picks later. And then the Steelers maybe have to move up, and it creates all these different wheels in motion. It passed at nine. Wide receivers started going like crazy. You guys stayed there, did nothing. Got the guy that you wanted, a Kenny Pickett. You had your choice of any quarterback. You got that. And then at 54, obviously my favorite guy in the draft ball is you there. You know what I mean? And and, and the wide receiver run kind of shored up. And Shannon, you know, Sky Moore and Pickens were the only two guys that hung around after Watson at, what, 32, 33, something like that. Hung around. You're still there. You got him. How can it not be top 10? Yep. Absolutely. Well, Thank you so much. That puts them in the top 30%, and that's pretty darn good if you ask me. So (laughs) we we have to wrap things up here, and we're going to honor the day, but I just got to ask you a question about what you're wearing because you're representing the Detroit Lions when you represent Axel (laughs) Foley, and you're a Bears guy. I mean, how does that go? I mean, I love it. Love it. (laughs) Well, 
first of all, I'm on the other side of Beverly Hills here. I'm, I, I live still in California. Um, and uh, yeah, funny. I, I bought this awesome uh, 1990s White Sox shirt today with uh, Frank Thomas and Bo Jackson on it, Rob Ventura. I was going to wear it, and I literally am saving it for a bachelor party this Saturday. I think uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lame nerd I am. But no, I mean, honestly, I have tons of Eddie Murphy shirts. I mean, if mm. I have... If I, I I can be grateful and honored enough to come back on the show, you will see more Eddie Murphy shirts. He's one of my favorite comedians of all time. Well, and uh, let's I, be honest, he did the smartest thing ever. He left Detroit. He left. That, that's he left. true. <laughs> uh, real quick, it is May fourth, which means it's Star Wars Day. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll let Shannon pick a Star Wars player to put on the Steelers. Last year on this day, we did a, mo- a full mock draft. I'm going to let you, Joey pick somebody else can't pick the same guy to put on the mm-hmm. bears so go ahead um i'll let you pick first there's only one way to go about this probably in, in my opinion right now now you got to ask yourself are you looking for upside or are you looking for you know are you looking to buy in on it and the chicago bears ever since i was a child we had jim mcmahon we had the, the cigarettes of jay cutler we had the promise of jim miller we had the uh, beer and a shot of Cade McNown. And I've never had a quarterback before. And I always figured that there was some sort of probably, you know, dark forces at play here that probably prevented us from doing this. And I know I mentioned Dark Lord Rogers earlier. So how do you fight a Sith with another Sith? Um, we talked about it, but I'm going to go Anakin Skywalker, guys. Now, look, here's a guy. Here's a guy right here. He's been a number one pick. From the time he was in junior high, he was the number one prospect. You know Saban went after Anakin, right? You know that he went to his doorstep to try and get him to go to college. Now, look, draft profile. Let's pull it up, right? He doesn't interview great. We all know that. I mean, he probably a couple of red flags there, right? He loses his temper. But I think that's a fire that we need to contain. And I just think he's got untapped potential. Now, does it take us all to a place that we don't want to go? Maybe, right? But if it gets us a couple Super Bowls along the way, I'm taking Anakin Skywalker with my first pick for the Chicago Bears. I'm putting him in a quarterback, and then I'm just going to Green Bay, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm just taking Green Bay right here, and I'm just squeezing. Love it. Shannon, go ahead. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds to go ahead and put one on the Steelers. It's easy. I want Chewy. I want Chewbacca. <laughs> You, you build from the foundation up. He's a great foundation guy. He's he's a little aggressive. He might tear some Raven's arms off. But, hey, I love him. He's wool, and I want Chewbacca. Yeah, but the problem is let the Wookiee win does not work in the NFL. <laughs> and, man, I, I he's he is going to be Vontez perfect. You can't bring this guy in. I mean, I, I get it. He's not coachable. I love Chewie. He's, he is loyal, but he's yes. not coachable. I think that's Holding a big penalty. mistake. Yeah. He'll just tear the arm off. He'll just tear the arm off. <laughs> All right. We got to get on out of here. I do have to bring somebody up here um, with a question, and I lost it yet. Yeah, Jerry Cherry Band. Jerry Cherry does all of our music. He is our house band. For all of our shows, wants to know, is this Bradley Cooper on the show? Oh! <laughs> you, you get that a lot. I get it all the time. My wife thinks Bradley Cooper's ugly. So what does that say? Maybe she oh. thinks I'm... No, I mean, he's... Guys, guys, I'm a happily married man. He's a hot piece, all right? He's a good-looking <laughs> dude. He can't do much wrong. 
You say it with uh, like George Costanza. You say it with a staunch record of heterosexuality. You, you have yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Come on, we're all we have. Eyes. He is a hot man. He's a good looking <laughs> dude. I wish I looked like I get Louis Guzman. Everyone tells me I look like Louis Guzman. I'm like, I... what? What about like uh? What about like a Patton Oswalt? No, you never get like a Patton Oswalt. I maybe? never got no. Patton Oswalt. I've got John C. Riley before, but never Patton. Oswalt. Oh, that was perfect. I see that now completely. John... Ah, <laughs> uh, boy, I even got uh, my gosh, the senator from Saturday Night Live. Uh, gosh, oh, I'm losing his name. Al Franken. Or, uh, I got Al Franken Al before Franken. too. Oh, very when nice. I wore glasses, but walk hard, Dewey Cox Halloween costume for BAD <laughs> next year. I think that would be so awesome. All right, I love it. Hey, thank you so much, Joey. What's going on yeah. with uh, what's going on in your world? Plug what you need to plug. Yeah, honestly, guys, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, you can follow me at Joey Sports Guy on Twitter or Instagram if you want to. Uh, usually I plug the Bears shows, but honestly, that I have this platform right now, if you guys are at all interested, and this isn't just about me, if you go to YouTube, type in Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Joey Steps In. It's episode one of hopefully a longer-running series that I'm going to be doing about some underreported sports stories going on in the world. This first one, I go to Palm Springs uh, Umpire Training Camp. I get a chance to work alongside Wounded Warriors Umpire Academy. I get to actually get mic'd up on an umpire first base in a California Winter League game. And then I sit down with Dale Scott, who has a book coming out. He's a retired Major League umpire at 32 years. He just wrote a book. He's the first openly gay professional uh, official at all the major five sports. So, I mean, it's just a, a guy's a really interesting dude, really great guy. So I got a chance to do a whole feature piece on that. So if anything at all, just check that out, throw a view on it, like, subscribe, or comment. But I'm just really proud of that one, so I want to plug that. Yeah, I got a chance to check this out. It is fantastic. Joey Thanks, Sports man. Guy, he is he's my buddy. We got to get him. His wife, we like his wife better because she's a yinzer. She's black and gold, but Joey's not too far behind. That's okay. <laughs> so for Shannon White and Joey Sports Guy, Joey Christopoulos, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. This isn't our show, but we're doing it together, Shannon. So just when you think you've got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. All right. Keep your feet on the ground <laughs> and keep reaching for the hypocycloids. Jeffrey Benedict will be back next week for the curtain call. I'm bad. I'm out. When I know that it can never really be the same. How could I move forward when I keep Looking backward, I'm just standing still